0: Ire's on the road. Value-based parenting and life balance ideas from world traveling family coaches. Here's Richard and Linda Ire. Hi, welcome back to Ire's on the road.
1: We're glad to be with you again another week and uh, we kind of mark our time by these shows and we're like, wait a second. We just did that yesterday. I know. Boy, it's the week's crazy. fly by
0: but this week has been full of a lot of fun for us.
1: A lot of travel. We have
0: been on the road, and we have been, and shows in London, we saw some great shows. And we also... Oh, I thought you
1: were talking about this show. Know. We did a show from London, and we did one from Russia. That was pretty good.
0: Right. Did we and do
1: one from Brussels? We
0: didn't. Or nor from Switzerland. We've been around this week, but it really has been Fabulous week. Um, it's we, always
1: it's so fun to go out on the road, as we say, to to speak to parents in different parts of the world because parenting's not the same. I don't know. Would you say parenting's the same everywhere or not the same everywhere? I think we could make a case for both.
0: Yeah, I I think so too because parenting is is a little different in Europe. Um, is some things are the same. Always there is this common thread of every parent wants the best for their child and so on. But um, we found some really interesting things in Moscow that I don't think we talked about last
1: week. Well, we, we mentioned it briefly, just the idea that uh, so often, uh, the, you know, we think we face a big sandwich thing here in, in the States where people are trying to care for their children and also for their parents. And they're kind of sandwiched in between whose,
0: whose health is failing, you know, failing yeah. parents,
1: but it was really unique in Russia because <laughs> the parents of the people we're talking to the the young parents we're talking to have aging parents who were raised under communism and who really have no assets and no no resources at all so the parents are taking care financially of both their children and their parents. So, you know, there's different things and, in different and places. And actually
0: there are entitlement issues on both sides because the parents know that the that family has a lot of money and a lot of resources and they Compared can take to care them, of them, yeah. yeah. And, the parent, and the children do the same. So it really was fascinating. Um, we spent Monday and Tuesday this week at Wimbledon. It was fabulous. The weather was incredible.
1: Can we draw any parenting metaphors from tennis at Wimbledon? What do you think?
0: I don't know. We'd have to go into the lives of those tennis players, I guess.
1: (laughs) No, I mean from the game, you know, like how about the fact that we start each point with a serve and don't we really start each parenting with serving our children? Every day. Yeah. I mean, that's what it's all about. So there's a little metaphor, but we do love Wimbledon. We've been there many times because we used to live in England, but it never gets old. Something about those grass courts and the strawberries and cream and oh,
0: we haven't been there for a lot of years, so it was really fun. And we only had grounds passes, and we were lucky to get those. Really lucky. Well,
1: but then we got lucky and got in center court. And
0: we got double lucky because they said at the end of the day, our center court um matches were short and so we're going to offer center court tickets for 15 pounds which is about 18 dollars. <laughs> and we said we'll take it yes because those people that were on the front row that morning were paying about 1700 dollars or something crazy like that so we got to be in center court for one match and it was awesome
1: excuse all that rambling but you know we're just just getting home we just got home yesterday and it is so good to be home. The best thing about traveling is actually not the traveling. It's coming home after the traveling. Yeah. At least that's what I think. Yeah, if you don't have to I'm clean kind the of house and do the wash
0: and get the groceries and all that stuff. But it is great to be home. It is really awesome.
1: Now, as you know, those of you who are tuning in each week or listening on podcasts each week, we are getting close to the conclusion of our little eight part series on the myths of marriage, or as we call it, the myths of marriaging. If you're not a a regular listener, you wonder what in the world do we mean by marriaging? We're trying to pose marriage, the noun, we're trying to turn it into marriaging the verb, so we can all work on it, just like we do on our parenting. We want to get better at marriaging. We want to get better at parenting. It's a it's a lifetime process, hopefully, and we want to keep working on it. And uh,
0: We feel like it's lifetime because we've been working at it for 50 years, and we still had a big argument this week. Yeah, that and was a good one. That th- was
1: a good one. We learned from it, right?
0: I think we did. I um,
1: learned that it's it's futile to try to argue with you. I might as well just accept the inevitable. <laughs>
0: <laughs> just say yes, Linda, you're right. Anyway, um, it really yes, is Linda. a challenge. It's the biggest challenge of life in a lot of ways and the most important one because...
1: Remember, I just can't help but say, when you said, say yes, Linda, we, when our kids were small, we, we were trying to train them, you know, and we were trying to do our best to get them to be more obedient because they were an unruly bunch. And, uh, we had this little thing where, you know, if, if you don't answer properly the first time, we're going to start over and we're going to ask you again. And the second time you need to say, yes, mommy, It was almost military there. Yes, mommy. And, um, I or were,
0: yes, Daddy. Uh,
1: and I remember that's what brought it back to me, honey. Because you were you were saying to me back in those days. Even now, when I say something, I want you to say yes, Linda. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, I didn't ever say that, but I, I should have thought of
1: it. <laughs> yes, you did.
0: Because uh, it really is a good idea, uh, just to say you're right. Let's do it.
1: And so <laughs> at anyway, any rate, we're, yeah. we're 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 moving on on these myths, and we're up to myth number seven. And it is the equality myth. And I just want to say before we get, and this is my favorite one in a way, but before we get into it, I just want to say that um, these other six, the first six myths, we'll cover number eight next week, but the first six are just so easily available. And what you might want to do is just take a look at the titles of them on byuradio.org and decide if you want to listen to them if you haven't already and if you decide there's one or two or three or six there that you might want to listen to for your own marriage and for those of of your children perhaps there's two really easy ways to do it you can just click it right there on byuradio.org and hear it right on your computer or if you're a podcast listener and so many people are my goodness Linda all of our kids and Just about everyone we know listens to podcasts. They're so convenient. And you can get IRS on the Road on any podcast app. And that makes it even easier. Just listen to it on your phone whenever you have time. At
0: your convenience, yes. At
1: your convenience. So anyway, on to this week's myth, the equality myth. I think we better read this kind of just right out of our new book because it's a delicate thing. We don't want to give the wrong impression. We don't want to give people any idea that we think equality is a myth. There's just some myths that connect to it and we want to be careful how we state them. So this is the equality myth and other myths about sameness.
0: Myth, equality should be the prime goal of your relationship or your marriage.
1: And the truth that we think should replace that goes like this. Striving for equality can breed comparing and criticism, and it may produce more competition than compatibility. It is better to work for a marriage of synergistic oneness that breeds cooperation and compensates for one another's weaknesses. I hope you get the idea of that. We're, we're not saying equality is a bad thing. We're saying some types or some definitions of equality are very problematic in a marriage, especially if they involve, oh, we've got to be the same, or we've got to be keeping score all the time to be sure you're not doing something You've I'm not doing. You've got to clean
0: exactly the same number of toilets as I clean or if you only have one every other week or whatever it is. And it really is incredible what a difference it makes when you realize that, you know, sometimes in a marriage it's going to be 2080, Sometimes it's going to be, and, the, and then the other way, 80, 20. It really is important to realize that there are lots of issues that go into equality.
1: So we're really saying there's a higher type of equality that doesn't involve trying to be the same and duplicate each other and clone each other. It involves instead synergy and discovering what each of you are best at and putting them together in a way that creates a oneness that is greater than the sum of its parts. But just to flush it in even further, let's read three sort of sub-myths that go with this myth and the truths that we hope will replace them.
0: So, one of the sub-myths is you have to be the same to be equal.
1: And the truth is the best kind of equality is oneness and it thrives on different but equally important roles. Um, Let me read the second sub-myth. The key to a good marriage is for both partners to go 50% and meet in the middle.
0: Well, the truth to that one is you may have to go 90% to meet your spouse's 10%, which I just said a minute ago. Sometimes, and your partner may have to go 90% to meet you other times,
1: or maybe even have to go 100% if your partner is really, really uh, thrashed or tired or sick or whatever. You know, you gotta be prepared to go all the way.
0: I'm glad to hear you say that because I have a a knee replacement coming up next month.
1: Oh boy, I'm gonna go uh, 100%. You're gonna have to go
0: at least 90%, and uh, that'll be. Good for both of us. Hard for me, but um, hard for me. Hard for you too. <laughs> but yeah. it really is important to realize that sometimes, you know, there's there's really some great demands at work, or there's some amazing demands at home, and you have to be able to figure that out. Adjust, so that adjust, adjust the percentages. Yeah.
1: And uh, the third submath is.
0: Feminism is about eliminating all differences between men and women.
1: Boy oh boy. And the truth is feminism is about women and men being different, but equal.
0: And at least that is our definition. We we think feminism has done a lot of good in this world. Um, when we were, when we had little kids all those years ago, almost 50 years ago now, um, you never saw a dad in the foyer of the church or in a 7-Eleven with kids, crying kids hanging on their legs and so on. And now it's just a common sight to see dads out running with their kids and in in the cool carriers that they have now and um, always being involved. It is amazing what has happened to the family just in the last 40 or 50 years.
1: So let us really try to pin down what we're saying here about equality and then after we take a little break, we'll, we'll really get into it. We'll get into some of the actual examples that we think might help all of us find the best kind of equality. So I just want to read you another little paragraph. We give equality a lot of lip service and praise. But when applied to marriage, the concept has some problems. Insisting on equality can be like trying to make every game end in a tie. If we are constantly worrying about equality, then somebody is always a little ahead or a little behind, and we have to keep compensating and adjusting. There is an element of competition in equality and a certain amount of comparing and judging. Maybe the best marriages are not about equality. Maybe they're about oneness.
0: So in our definition, oneness brings two halves together in a merger that allows for synergy, for specialization, for different abilities and skills, and for mutual appreciation rather than mutual competition.
1: So I think you get the idea. We're, we're saying there the highest form of equality is actually a kind of oneness. And we're going to get pretty deep into that in the, in the second half of the show today. So tune in, stay tuned and be thinking about your own marriage, and we will be right back after this short break.
0: Welcome back to Ayers On The Road. Here's Richard and Linda Ayer, And we're back talking today about equality in marriage.
1: And the fact that the way we define it, it's sometimes a myth and gets marriage is in a lot of trouble. Incidentally, Linda, it is July and happy July to everyone. And the reason that's significant to us is that our 50th anniversary is this month. It's toward the end of the month. And the publisher was supposed to not release this new book, The Eight Myths of Marriage, until our actual anniversary. But you know what? What? You don't even know this yet he jumped the gun the book is available now on amazon it's it's actually published how did he dare do that before um, our anniversary i don't know
0: you get something oh. in your mind about how you want things to happen and sometimes it doesn't always happen exactly like you had it oh, okay life. okay but, okay um, anyway
1: the 8 myths of marrying is now a real book but we're talking about it in a lot of depth right here on the radio. So Linda, well,
0: do you think it's in stores too, or do you uh, think just No, on I think
1: it's. I think it'll be in stores probably this Soon, week. Soon,
0: but it is on Amazon, available, and they have always have good prices. But I
1: want to pose this question to you, Linda. Um, do you think that you can get? I mean, what we really tried to say on the first is that if you make equality, if you become obsessed with equality. It, it gets you into a thing where you're not pulling together. You're like two separate entities trying to fight each other for equality.
0: You know, which I think becomes, uh, it makes a little meeting with, of sp- uh, the minds with spouses, and we do ours on Sunday every week, really important because I start feeling like, man, I am doing everything here. I can't believe it. I mean, this morning I've done four washes. I've changed the bed. Uh, Done my hair, done taking taking care of a lot of stuff for Bear Lake, where we're going, and so on. And I start thinking, man, I'm doing all this, and what is Rick doing? Well, he is down paying bills <laughs> and doing other <laughs> things and watching, I'll tennis. And watching I'll, tennis. I'll
1: trade you. And watching tennis. You want to pay the bills? I'll i change yeah. the
0: Okay, so you know it, it really. Actually,
1: is a funny example though because you would really suck at paying bills. <laughs> Hey, and, and, and I would really, you know, some things you've been doing, You I would definitely do them. suck at making the bed. But that, but we're not trying to create some sort of standardized roles. We're saying, whatever your situation is, the key is figuring out what you each do well, and it's not going to be some pattern of males always do this and females always do this. But find out what your real strengths are, and create this synergy. By the way, I did. I worked pretty hard today. I went out and got a, a varmint. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Out of our hot tub, yeah, I would not want to do there. that. I would not. So I, I, I think I would be better at that than you to yeah, give an example.
0: Definitely.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but we're we're not trying to make light of this. We're trying to say find your unique oneness, and you know the old thing, the little diagram that all of us have seen, the yin and the yang, the the circle that has the two pieces that fit together is actually is actually wonderful in the sense of figuring out how your pieces fit together. But, but the key is thinking of yourselves as oneness, as one entity. And some people have a really tough time with that because they're like, no, 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 I'm not, I'm not one with you. I'm myself and you're yourself and we're going to partner up when we can. And the problem with that is that, that you start slipping back into that question of competing and keeping score and so on. And for what it's worth, we think the happiest kind of life is when you really are working toward oneness. Don't beat yourself up if you're not there yet, because we're not, and it's, we've worked at it for 50 years, but we're getting closer.
0: Yeah, we are, we are doing better. We don't argue as much as well, we used to. But
1: don't base it and on we don't, whether you argue. Yeah, but
0: we don't, I mean, we don't feel resentment toward what, yeah, yeah. you know, what the other one's doing or not doing and so on, because we've figured out what we do best. And then we just do it. And if we need help, we ask for the other one's help and so on. But everybody, I I really love the way you say that, everybody has to figure out their own oneness, their own way of feeling like, okay, we're partnership, we're going forward together. And we really are equal, even though we are not doing the same thing.
1: Well, let me tell you a little story, because we're thinking in terms of this 50th anniversary, where were we 50 years ago, sweetheart? We were in Boston. And we were going to graduate school, and we had been married for like days, literally days. In fact, our honeymoon was our drive across the country from Utah to Boston. And that in itself was a funny story, but we'll tell that some other time. But there we were, married only for days, and and I'm undertaking the, uh, the Harvard Business School, which intimidated me greatly I can tell you I remember looking around the room the first day and saying every single person in here is smarter than me and you were teaching for your first time I mean you'd been a you'd been a a, a student teacher but for the first time you were teaching what music
0: in a junior high school in Boston
1: in a junior high school
0: that was my first real job other than that I I worked at the ANW for my whole high school career, <laughs> <laughs> but um, it was the first time where I was getting, you know, more substantial funds—not much, but more—and uh, yeah, that was that was an interesting time. Well,
1: and what made it particularly interesting and relevant to our topic today is that this was the early days of really strident feminism, and and if it had a headquarters or a epicenter, it was Boston, and. What was really, what made it particularly interesting is in my section at Harvard Business School, there were 90 of us. You go by sections and they're the people you spend your days with all through. And today, if you were to go to Harvard Business School and go into a section, you'd find that nearly half, maybe, I've heard just less than half are, are women in the business school and more than half in the Harvard Law School. So... Talking about equality, there it is. But back in the day, we had two—only two women in our in our whole section of ninety, which was really a, shouldn't have been shouldn't have been the case. But these two happened to be really strident feminists, and their idea of equality was sameness, even to the point that they wore three-piece suits to class. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they they did not want any, and I'm not making fun. Are they I mean, pantsuits I, I, or skirts? I, I, pantsuits, and I and I'm just saying, I just, I, I just think, I'm telling this for a reason, and the reason is not to put down that kind of feminism because it pushed the envelope and got us a lot closer to equality than we would ever be otherwise between men and women but but what was a problem is that these two thought every case study and every day's lesson and every subject should be their own personal battleground for equality and so instead of getting into the real issues of the case they wanted to say well wait why why are those three people who are meeting why are they all men where's the women and so on so they 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 were they, were, they only had one agenda and it went on and on and the story i'm getting to and i'll never forget this it was such an interesting thing i had a And he was one of my—he became a good friend of ours, he and his wife. He was a Frenchman named Dominique, and Dominique was very, very Latin. Dominique was um, very—he had his views, and they were strong.
0: Everyone knew what they were. And
1: one day he just couldn't take it anymore, and he got up and made an impromptu speech on Vive la Difference! the idea that men and women are, are different. And that is what makes the world go around. That's what makes life interesting. That's what creates love and romance and passion and everything good in the world comes from that difference. And he was just, he was flamboyant and gave this wonderful speech and it sort of shut down these two feminists for a little while, even though thinking back, he was not saying that, men and women are not equal. He was saying they're different and it's that difference that is wonderful. And so on a macro basis, he was making the same case we're making today that in your own marriage, not following necessarily stereotypes of what a man is and what a woman is, but finding and relishing the differences and putting them together in a way that creates oneness. That's a creative, wonderful, cooperative venture as opposed to fighting for equality, which is a separating, sort of competing approach to marriage.
0: Well, I, it was a very interesting time. I I was felt a little bit isolated because I had a little baby. And well,
1: the, the, after the first year we had our
0: first child. Right. Well, that's true. The first I, year I, worked, you were... I worked that year. Uh, but the second year um, but there were other women with babies too, and so that was fun, that was great. But um, I was just feeling sorry for you because you had all those horrid papers due every Friday, and we were up all night. I think I was helping you type some of yeah. them, and it was crazy to try and do that.
1: We called them wax written analysis of case, and they were killers.
0: <laughs> they were killers. That first year was really hard. Um, but, and kind of hard on our marriage just because we hadn't figured out each other so much. But it really was a good growing time figuring, figuring out where we belonged with each other and how, how we stood.
1: Let me just read you a little thing to, to clarify this a little bit more. Marriage can exist on at least five levels and it can progress from one level to the next and on to the next. Let us try to name these levels and describe them briefly and then suggest the possibility of climbing the ladder of love. Level one is a marriage of convenience. Two people think they're in love and so they decide to live together with or without an actual ceremony.
0: Uh, Level two is a marriage of contract. Husband and wife get married legally, often religiously, and make at least a pledge of in sickness and health and till death do us part
1: so that's level two a marriage of contract level three is a marriage of true commitment beyond the formality of a wedding both parties exclusively and completely commit themselves to each other and give and receive the security of knowing that there will never be any other now you might say wow that's level three that's the highest level but no there's two more
0: Level four is a marriage of synergy. This occurs when the man and woman, the yin and the yang, learn to complement and complete each other so efficiently that the total is greater than the sum of its parts.
1: That sounds pretty good, right? Level four, how do you go beyond that? Level five is a marriage of oneness in which the commitment and the synergy continue to grow to the point where the couple shares everything. And where their oneness becomes an entity that actually supersedes their individualness. Everything they seek, they seek together. And they are essentially fused into something that swallows up even as it preserves their separate gifts and natures.
0: Now that sounds. I don't think re- we're
1: quite to that level. That sounds five. really good,
0: but <laughs> I don't think we're quite there. I mean, but it's something to go for. It really is, and it's something that you can work toward. But wow, when you are working with two different personalities who come from two different backgrounds, it's really hard.
1: So I hope you're. I hope you're with us on on these marriage myths. Um, Sometimes a myth can really be problematic. If you believe one thing and, and you try to orient to it and it turns out that that's not a true thing, then, you know, it's going to create problems. Myths are really dangerous.
0: And, and they are really hard. I remember going back to when we were baby married, m- married as babies. Um, It really is interesting because there was so much going on about you've got to cook half the meals and you've got to do half the housework and so on and so on. And especially when both spouses were working full time, that really made it difficult because it's hard for both of you and you have to work out schedules and so on.
1: Now I want to say as we run out of time again, the time flies on ours on the road. The last myth, number eight, we're going to deal with next week is a little different because it's a macro myth. It's, it's the myth that marriage is is on its way out, that there won't even be marriage after a few more years because fewer people are getting married and people don't care about making commitments anymore. And that's a myth you hear all the time. We're going to explode that myth next week and make the case that even though there are some statistical worries about people getting married, the fact is that the best marriages that have ever existed in the world exist right now, today. And that's the myth for next week. We hope you'll join us again on Irs on the Road.
0: Bye-bye.